The Secrets of Hillsong, episode one and two, recently was released, and I had an opportunity to view both of them, and I wanted to share some of my thoughts with you guys. It's a very fascinating series, and there's a whole lot to go over, okay? I'm going to be playing you guys some clips in a little bit from the creator of the series, but for those of you guys that are not familiar so, so Hillsong is a massive mega church with campuses all over the globe, and this series specifically explores the scandal of Carl Lentz and then kind of goes down the rabbit hole and discovers that this is more of a cultural systemic issue, if you will. And in the process, uh, they discover that there's some other stuff with Brian Houston and some other cover-ups across multiple campuses. That's the basic premise of it. Now, episode one is primarily about Carl Lentz and the breakdown of what happened and specifically with uh, him be, you know, being super swagger, swaggerific, if you will. They play pretty boy swag. Um, and they are kind of highlighting Hillsong from the perspective of the reporters over a Vanity Fair and them uncovering this entire backstory. So that is episode one, and it is being more or less recapping of everything that most of us who've been kind of loosely keeping up with Hillsong, we already know about it. But in episode one, there is no Carl Lentz. Uh, he doesn't pop in until episode two. And so that's kind of the, the best part, in my opinion, is he gets into all of the allegations. He addresses the stuff with the nanny. He you know, is, is very vulnerable. And I'm going to come back to that later. But before I, I get to episode two, which is really... I think the, the the better episode out of this, especially if you're familiar with this, I think most of us really were curious to hear what Carl Lentz had to think and what was his impression of it all. And I'm going to come back to that. But first, let me let me just say this. This is well-executed, great cinematography, amazingly shot, scored well. The music is nuts. The intro is... Like, this is a very well-put-together docu-series. Okay, and again, and I've only seen episode one and two. But let me be very clear that out of the gate, the creators of this clearly have an axe to grind, not just with Hillsong and Carl Lentz and Brian Houston. No, there is an axe to grind with Christianity as a whole in this, okay? And in this specific thing, they're definitely addressing some of the issues with Hillsong specifically in terms of them coming off more culturally progressive, even though they are biblically conservative, quasi-fundamentalist, right? Um, there is a little jab from Mike, the, the guy from um, Christianity Today and the rise and fall of Mars Hill, and that the churches build around a capitalistic model. There is point after point about really issues with Christianity that the creators of this have, okay? With Christianity, not with Hillsong, okay? And at one point, Mike, I, I, I hope I'm saying his name right, but the guy from uh, Christianity, say Mike Cos Cos Cosper, I think is his name. Um, at one point, he goes very much straightforward, like, hey, I know you guys want, you know, Christians to be these, like, affirming of the LGTV community folks who are, like, what do you expect? These folks follow the Bible, right? And he just says that so plainly in episode two. So 
without the rip, it is, I would say, Mike Cosper. I said it right. Out the rip, I would say this documentary definitely has an axe to grind uh, in terms of its views on Christianity. Okay, and so now I want to share some of some of the thoughts with regards to Carl and with regards to the entire second episode. But before we do that, I got to show you something crazy. Hey, you want to see something crazy? Over fifty percent of the people who watch this channel are not subscribed. And out of the people that are subscribed, less than 10% actually have their bell notification on. So do me a solid. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure the bell notification is turned on so you don't miss anything we got going here. All right? Peace. Okay, so here is a clip from Variety's uh, YouTube channel. Okay? And this is them interviewing the director, Stacey Lee. When you work with people who are media trained and things like that, they know how to answer things a certain way. As a documentarian, as a director, you know, having worked with other celebrities before, my job is to break that down. My job is to humanize them. My job is to like work through the stuff that you wanted to spit out first. And listen, she's right. These folks are super media trained. She's right. Her job is to get the good stuff out. Carl Lentz, who's extremely charismatic, extremely well put together, knows how to answer questions. He's oftentimes going to give her what he wants to give her. And she is explaining that, yeah, like I had to really press him on some stuff. Let me play you guys some more of this. And get to the stuff that lies beneath it. Mm -hmm. And for us with Carl, that took multiple, multiple, multiple interviews. I'm sure it did. Certainly with any project, I think, that works on subject matter that's as complex as this, there's always an element of like, what still don't we know? I'm so nervous about how this is going to be portrayed, but I cannot control that. So God grant me the serenity to accept the documentary things I cannot change, the pain those caused, the betrayals involved. I did those things. Those are on me. I take responsibility for those. And the rest of my life, I'll be making amends where I can. This project, I hope, creates a kind of transparency and an openness with which to talk about the religious systems within, you know, the, the global community. So her hope is that this project creates a transparency to talk about the religious systems within the community. That's her objective. And as I said at the beginning, it's not a takedown of religion in any sense. It's an ability to like understand the goods that's done, but also the lines that are crossed that are bad and how to look out for those. So understand the goods is done and understand the lines that are crossed that are bad. Because we live in a culture where celebrity worship, personality worship is just, you know, in every stage of the, not just religion. Hillsong ultimately is a worship of, of Jesus, of God. And I hear this over and over again in the interviews is like, that needs to look like God. It needs to like act like God. And when you start to kind of measure it by those standards, you start to see something very different. I'm not a religious person myself. And I also don't see this as a, a necessarily a straightforward story about re, uh, religion. I think this is a story about our culture. This is a story about our time. Mm. This same system within church and idolization and, you know, power structure and, and all of these kind of things look to Hollywood, you know, yeah. look to the finance industry, look to politics. This is a story that transcends all of those things. And we just happen to be telling one that happens to take place within a church. The repeated notion that 
there was inconsistencies I think are true. Obviously with Carl Lentz and Brian Houston, but more specifically, I think it is true and it does seem to be true that there was some disconnect in terms of what Lentz believed, and I'm still curious on where he is now about LGTV issues and with Brian Houston and most of Christianity believes, and a bit of a bait and switch in this documentary, specifically this is now this is now on Hillsong, New York, okay? And I would say Hillsong Global, where I think clarity leads to confidence. And this is why I think it's so important to be clear on these things, because it's not fair to the LGTV community or to Christians if we're confused on where this specific church lands on stuff. And so they pointed out how they would use words like welcome home and we love you and you don't you come as you are, you don't have to come and change, you could be who you are, yada, yada, yada. And they would use these sorts of words. And they even allowed folks to lead worship and, and they specifically interviewed one gentleman from the LGTV community who was one of the, I guess, choir directors, worship directors, so on and so forth. And he more or less was known to be a part of this community, a part of this lifestyle, told Lentz that specifically, and then uh, went on to some reality TV show, revealed that he had a LGTV boyfriend, and then immediately after Brian Houston puts out a statement saying, we've never had any people from the LGTV community in positions of leadership. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair to that community for any church to be vague like that. And I think that community needs to be sober that most churches aren't affirming, okay? And so like, come as you are, absolutely come as you are, but let's not water down what it is that we believe. Let's not say that these things are are okay or somehow tolerable. And I don't, and again, this is where I think churches who are ambiguous on this, <clears throat> specifically folks like Andy Stanley, right? Folks who aren't being clear, folks who want to play both sides. I don't think it helps anyone well. And it hurts the church because it creates confusion, creates what what do we really believe on this stuff? And it hurts folks from that community that are confused. Can I be this and this at the same time? What are, we, what are you saying, right? And I don't think that's fair to either side. And they definitely, 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 definitely uh, drilled that home. Now, uh, episode two is when you get into Lintz. And I think it's by far the most interesting um, conversation with him. But specifically on this, he does seem a bit double, there's some double speak happening. Because at one point he says, yeah, you know, I'm aff I was affirming, but Brian Houston wasn't. And basically some, some bombshells are released, okay? Uh, in episode two, Lintz drops bombshells that he wanted to uh, take time off he needed a break. He exposes that he had experienced SA as a kid, never healed from it. He exposes that he had ADHD and was upping his prescription dosage medication, which I, I'm not sure, but I would assume it's pro that was probably Adderall. And that he told uh, Brian Houston, I'm, I'm having trouble preaching seven times on a Sunday. And Brian Houston's response to him, well, I was preaching 11 times on a Sunday. All of this drive then leads them to work their volunteers into the ground, creating a lot of this tension and this disunity with the community. And Lynch kind of puts that on, on Brian Houston. And I think rightfully so. I think if you are running and gunning and wanting to 
grow a church at any rate, especially in New York City. And there's some things that's important about New York City to note here, guys. And I got uh, I got friends that are pastors in New York City. Here's the thing about New York City. Unless you're a legacy church, you're not going to get a building. You're not going to get a permanent building. Which, what does that mean? That means that if you're a startup church, you're probably going to have to rent a building. What does that mean? That means you're going to have to do setup and teardown every single Sunday. What does that mean? That means in order to have something as big as a Hillsong, where there's seven to 10,000 people showing up on a Sunday morning, you are going to have a massive amount of volunteers to do that work. What does that mean? That means you're going to drive these volunteers in the ground, which is exactly what happened, unfortunately. And that's where all of these different things happen with folks being run into the ground, serving super long. You're talking about folks who couldn't maintain jobs because they were serving so hard, right? On top of which, Irving Plaza, the venue that they were in, was not cheap. That was not cheap, okay? Irving Plaza is one of the most predominant prestigious venues in the heart of, in the heart of Manhattan. So if I had the ballpark it to rent the San Diego House of Blues in downtown San Diego, just to flat out rent it is between five to ten thousand dollars, depending on what night of the week to rent Irving Plaza in Manhattan. You're pro- they were probably getting that. I'm not exaggerating, pro- probably upwards of 40 to 60 thousand dollars to rent that place out. OK, on on uh, without without having a super committed giving demographic of folks because they were reaching a lot of non-Christians and new Christians. So. Yeah, it, it was it was the perfect storm, unfortunately, of this church plant who, yes, they had some bigger backing, but they had to rely too hard on volunteers. They had to, you know, not that they had to, they, they didn't know of another way when the overbearing leader is driving these things. And so I felt for Lentz, I think he was being honest. I think he really did want to take a break. I think he probably was going to step down. And I appreciated his vulnerability, okay? And I think that that's wrong. And I think, unfortunately, this is going to set a pre a, a precept with some people that all churches are like this. And the reality is, most churches are not like this. The reality is, unless you're in a major city like New York or LA, um, in my opinion, it's actually in your best interest to serve your local church. If I wasn't doing this stuff uh, in my local church that I got to do from media to sound to all the stuff I was able to participate in, I wouldn't be doing this right now. I wouldn't have the, scar- the, the, the scarce skills to go out to the marketplace. And so I think that the, I, I am concerned about that because they, they left out and omitted so many details on what it is like to actually run a church in a LA or New York where you don't own the venue, you got to rent a nightclub, consistently to be anywhere near public transportation. And as you do that, you're going to need a lot of volunteers. And unfortunately, they they grew too fast and they had a leader that was a bit, you know, domineering. And that that is what happens is you just keep growing it by any means necessary and not taking care of the people. And that's what happened. Okay. So I think they I think they left that out. I don't think that was fair. I don't think most churches are like this. I don't think most churches are just pimping out their volunteers for the sake of free labor. I think a lot of that stuff was extremely disingenuous on the documentary side of the equation. Okay. Lentz addresses the allegations with the nanny, uh, which I thought was good. He is very specific that you know there was no essay that was committed against the nanny, that they had an inappropriate relationship. Um, the wife caught him and talks about putting hands on both of them by the way the wife laura Lentz, is like i mean she's the only hero in this story as far as i'm concerned okay <laughs> like you know and she was gaslit in some of this but i mean she she talks about they weren't having intercourse but she walked in and something inappropriate happening she 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 walks in she says she punches carl she punches the the nanny and then gets gaslit into believing nothing happened 
the nanny had a nanny? This is a sickness of the highest order. The nanny was also a church planter and had her own nanny, but would spend Christmas at the Lenses? What are we doing here? So, 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 I think that they completely, I think she, she overplayed her hand. Like, that seemed like she wanted to be there. That seemed like she wanted to be there. I don't know who's missing, who's missing Christmas at their home when their home has a nanny to be with another family fam you're weird and i'm not saying carl Lenz was a was was got you know was a good guy in this he wasn't but that joint is wild the, the the fact that the fact that she had a nanny and so uh and then for her to come out and and and, and accuse him of essay i don't know i i think that that was uh from from the way i could imagine it that seemed like um it was consensual and he owned it he owned the the other affair. Um, there was this there was this ongoing thing of Lentz being able to cry on cue, which that seemed weird. But this is the thing: as as, as someone has been around leaders like that, um, unhealthy leaders, that's not being able to cry on cue. Um, you know what that is? That's somebody that hasn't dealt with their junk and their emotions, and 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 has proper ways to 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 think through their emotions, whether that's through therapy, and is. Always on the edge of crying. You understand? Go back and watch my video with Ray Rock about men who cry seven times a day and how that's not normal. Um, I don't think Lentz was faking it. I don't think Lentz is an actor. I think Lentz is a broken person who never dealt with much of his trauma. And I think he was that raw that he could cry like that at any given moment. And I've been around leaders like that. I've been around leaders that would... um, hijack a whole staff meeting and start crying and we'd be looking at each other like what are you doing it's because they haven't dealt with their stuff so i don't think i don't i don't think that was fair to like make him out to be this like over the top psychopath that could like cute cry on cue and manipulate people i think that was really him i think he was that raw and i think that's in my opinion that's a byproduct of not having healthy release valves on how to process your emotions there's some wild quotes in here um i think of carl lentz as lucifer that's a real quote. I think of Carl Lentz as Lucifer because he got too uh, prideful and wanted to get bigger than Brian Houston. There's some insane quotes in here um, that I'm just like, what? Some uh, At one point, they get into uh, them attempting to be more reflective of their community. They had a diverse community, but they wanted to see more diverse people on stage. And Lentz said he, didn't, he wanted to make it organic, but it wasn't organic. Um, Another wild quote is Hillsong tried to colonize the city. This entire thing took a strong bent against concepts concepts like equity, not equality, equity, equal outcomes, concepts like why are they not affirming of LGTV people? Why are they not more progressive in their politics? Why are they not this? Why are not that? This definitely had an agenda and an axe to grind with Christianity as a whole. And and Carl Lentz and Hillsong Church was the best puppet for them to use to come down on the issues that they saw as uh, bigoted or wrong or not equitable enough. Um, And that was as clear as day. It's clear as day. 
Uh, I think from like if I'm being charitable towards Carl, I think Carl was a very gifted speaker who was extremely flawed and never dealt with his childhood junk junk that led him on to manipulate people and uh, not know how to keep his emotions in check. And But I do think a lot of things he was genuinely coming from a good place. I don't think this invalidates every message he's ever given. I don't think this makes him um, someone that, you know, if someone got, I know people personally, my buddy John Clash got saved to Hillsong, New York City, and is doing amazing with the Lord right now. I don't think that disqualifies all the all the fruit that we saw, even though God used a very, very flawed uh, individual to do that. <clears throat> and so in this entire exchange of interviews, there's some really good stuff, but there's also a lot of stuff that's like, man, you guys are reaching hard. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yo, Christians are supposed to follow the Bible. And Christians who follow the Bible, uh, we think sexual immorality is a sin because the Bible says sexual immorality is a sin because Jesus says sexual immorality is a sin. We don't need to twist and contort and uh, make things de- seem different than they are. And if you have an issue with that, that's fine. But just know that 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 is the biggest faith in the world. That, that most faiths in the world have an issue with sexual morality. Call it what it is. Don't 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 make this some weird abnormal thing. This has been Christians throughout all history. This is folks in other faiths, and so they really showed their hand with that. So all in all. Uh, Episode two is the better episode. Episode one is really just rehashing all of the stuff most of us already know. Episode two was the breakdown of Carl Lentz's interview, which I thought was a great, I thought those were done really well. They they shot a lot of those, and all in all, I think it's a good series, but it's definitely a series with a whole lot of agenda for sure, and it's an agenda that is more or less pointing out of how. Christianity is wrong in these specific areas and how because we're wrong and we're so dumb, then of course we would have been duped by someone like Carl Lentz and Brian Houston. You guys might think Carl Lentz is some narcissistic uh, sociopath that's a master manipulator and beyond redemption. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's a dude that is flawed like a lot of us. And 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 you know what? I think he's a dude that... Uh, acted the way many folks would have acted had they been given the opportunity to. And I think that's the uncomfortable part about this is the mirror. And in the deeper questions of should someone have this much power? Should someone have this much influence? What are the checks and balances? How do we process these things? Because I think we think that we're immune to it. Uh, And if you haven't worked through these things and you don't have safeguards and discipline up and you aren't someone that's actively waging war on your sin, and you get that sort of access to money, status, celebrity, anyone is able to do some stupid stuff. Anyone that's that unhealthy and that checked out from dealing with their emotions and their and their hurts and their triggers, anyone is liable to do some of that stuff. And so I think this is an, an unfortunate, hyper-exaggerated mirror to a lot of Christians. Given the opportunity, I think a lot of folks would have done the same things, which is why I always encourage you guys, wage war on your sin, wage war on your sin, kill your sin or it will kill you. Destroy your sin or it will destroy you. Go get the help you need. 
Go go get in your Bible. Go go get in the accountability group. Go serve at your local church, despite with how this is all framed of Hillsong exploiting volunteers. No, go get plugged in. Go serve in your local church. Get in accountability. Work through these things um, because th- this isn't just people who have access. All the all the access and the money and the fame does is it just amplifies who you really are. It just amplifies who you really are. And so um, there's a lot of there's a lot of Carl Lenses sitting in churches right now. There's a lot of both men and women. There's a lot of Carl Lenses sitting in church right now. Let him be a cautionary tale to all of us to work through our stuff so that we would never be in a situation like that. This should these sorts of stories should install the fear of the Lord in you, not make you point at them and say, "Look how bad he is." And I and I and believe it or not, from everything I'm reading about Carl Lentz, he's saying he's not back in ministry. He's saying he has no desire to preach. He's saying he just wants to be a part of church's 12-step program. He's opened up about a drug addiction. He's opened up about essay and his childhood. Maybe, just maybe, Lentz will go on and his legacy will be the guy, not just the guy that fell and made a big blunder of all this, but the guy that fell and then worked towards helping other people avoid these mistakes and helping them in their restoration process. But that's my opinion. It's me being the most charitable that I could possibly be um, towards Lentz. And, uh, and I would encourage all you guys to take, take your own self inventory, right? If you're so mad at Lentz, why are, would you have acted different? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. So those are my thoughts. Uh, it's, not, it's not to, uh, make excuses for Lentz cause I don't think he needs that. Um, but I definitely think this, this, this entire documentary absolutely had an ax to grind. And I think some of it wasn't fairly framed. So those are my thoughts on it. I want to know what you guys think. Do you think it was fair to churches in New York that are church plants that don't have a building and some of the stuff they got to go through? Uh, do you think it was uh, fair to conflate their lack of conservative theology, excuse me, conflate their lack of progressive liberal theology with a lack of uh, desire for equality? I, I, I'm curious, and I'm looking forward to seeing episode three. So let me know what you think about this. Hey, I want to let you guys know if you're anywhere near Las Vegas, I'll be there July 26th with my buddy, What Do You Mean? Here's a little more information on that. Las Vegas, join me, and some of you guys might be familiar with my boy, Ruslan KD. Las Vegas, join me for the Christian Influencers Convention happening July 26th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. We'll be doing a panel with some of the top influencers in the country, as well as a private, intimate meet and greet. You can get tickets and more information by hitting the Eventbrite link below. Don't miss this opportunity to come and hang out and spend some time with some of your favorite Christian influencers. All in the beautiful city of Las Vegas. July 26th, I'll see you over there. Peace. I'll see you there. What do you mean? Bruce